0: All right, a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. Harry, Jack, and I will be joined by Mackenzie Toll, an MLB player agent. So let's hit the intro music and we will get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. Dylan, Jack, and Harry, as always, we're joined by Mackenzie Toll. And Jack, I'll come to you first on the eve of Thanksgiving. How are you doing today?
1: Good. I think we're all hoping, fingers crossed, some kind of Thanksgiving blockbuster last year. We were kind of spoiled with the number we got because of the impending lockout. If you're listening to this now, it'll have been Friday, so we don't know if we got a Thanksgiving Day blockbuster. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we do. Hopefully, it's Aaron Judge back to the Yankees. So, <laughs> I'm doing all right. Thank you, though.
0: And then, Harry, how are you doing today? Obviously, you're not looking forward to an Aaron Judge signing with your Cincinnati Reds, but we do have a guest on today who worked for the Cincinnati Reds organization a few years ago.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, like Jack, I'm not rooting for some of the biggest and the best players to sign with my team. I'm honestly, at this point, just hoping that anybody will sign with my team. So,
0: Well, obviously our guest today knows a lot about dealing with players, signings, player negotiations, and everything to do with MLB players. Mackenzie, how are you doing today? And if you want to introduce yourself to our audience, who are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me on guys. And my name is Mackenzie Toll. I'm an MLB PA player agent with my own agency, Toll Sports Management, as well as Luba Sports. So I have a a vast um, knowledge and experience in many areas of baseball. I've worked both, both on the team and player side. So um like to think I've kind of had my hands on every type of topic you could possibly ask at this point. So
0: Awesome. Well, I guess sort of the first question that popped into our mind is what is it like to be a player agent? Obviously, we hear about the big Scott Boris, who seems to have $100 million clients on the daily, but then we don't really know what it's like to be an agent. So I know you probably definitely have a ton of inside perspective have dealt with it on a daily basis. So what is it like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um it's it's a very unique field to be in. Um it's, you know, you can kind of find yourself comparing yourself to, you know, some of my friends who I graduated with, um, you know, her working your normal nine to five salary jobs, um, you know, have holidays off and all of that. And, you know, it's it's funny when I, I joke and I say I work a 24-7 job, you know, there is no nine to five, it's 24-7, 365 days a year, you don't have, have days off, you work crazy hours. And, um, you know, that's something that I knew going into this field, but you don't really know the toll it takes on you until you're truly in it. Um, So, you know, working day in and day out, and especially with me, you know, having my own agency as well as working for Luba Sports, you know, we don't have set hours, you know, you have tasks that have to get done, you have major deadlines that have to be met, but you don't really have, you know, a set schedule or a boss hanging over your head, um, constantly telling you, you know, okay, make sure you're at work on time, make sure you get this done on time. And, you know, obviously, bigger agencies, people who work there, you know, that may be different. And my experience um, has only been at smaller boutique agencies. But, you know, you have to find that motivation from within, that's really all there is to it. And, you know, you're the only person who can make yourself get up and go to work and experience these things, That are happening. And, you know, if you aren't motivated to do the tasks and you can't, um, you know, get yourself to work and be involved in everything that's going on, you know, the industry doesn't slow down for anyone and it only gets faster. And, um, you know, that's something that I've experienced um, both on a positive side and a negative side. You know, I've been faced with challenges and um, things that have happened that you have to really you know, take a step back and are like, okay, you know, this is, I chose to pursue this path for a reason. And I am my own biggest, you know, motivation, my biggest, my own biggest fan, you know, anyone can say, okay, you know, we're rooting for you or, you know, what you're doing is so cool and your job looks so fun, but you know, the back end of it, you know, you have the reality that it, it can be tough. And, um, to be able to have that motivation from within is the, The key to it all.
1: And what really motivated you to get into this field is was it something that when you were younger you always kind of wanted to do, or is it something where you kind of had more of a later switch in life when you know decided that this was really an alternative career path?
2: Yeah, um, I always knew sports was what I wanted my future career to be in. Um, I played basically everything growing up. Um, going through high school, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, track, tennis. You know, you name it. Um, both my parents heavily into basketball. My mom was a basketball coach, um, and then my brother is um, a pitcher at the University of Texas. So I grew up around baseball for forever. Um, every single, you know, summer and holiday was spent at the ballpark. I, you know, was the sister at every single tournament and showcase and event that I could possibly be at. And so, you know, having been around that with my brother, um, I knew I had, you know, an eye for talent. I knew I knew baseball on a level that wasn't just as, you know, a sister in the stands, you know, I would find myself sitting in the stands analyzing players and talking about them with my dad and comparing and you know once I I truly realized I knew that I could have a a a big impact on the baseball world and I knew I had a gift for um you know scouting and recruiting side of things and so Um, I originally kind of thought about going into sports broadcasting. And once I realized that you have to start off more on like doing the weather and the news and kind of at that level, I was like, okay, that's not for me. Um, so I chose, you know, to pursue more a sports administration route. So I went to Ole Miss, got my degree in sports administration and my in business, um, graduated in three years, actually. That wasn't originally my plan, but I went in with dual credit classes from high school, Finished up there in 2020 um, and, and went to, and so once I started pursuing more of that sports law route, that's when the true, you know, agency side of things really hit me. You know, I always, that was always a goal down the road. I was like, okay, you know, it, that would be so cool to do. I, I would be good at it, but it's a dream that kind of seemed at that time, super far away. And so went to school, got my master's um worked for the Reds while I was also in school. So I worked for the Reds the full 2021 season. I was in um their spring training complex, so I worked Major League spring training, Minor League spring training extended um all the way through like the Arizona Fall League. And so got my hands on a lot of the baseball front office type of work. Um if you would have asked me prior to starting that job, what my, you know, full-time job would have been after I finished at ASU, it would have been in an MLB front office. You know, I was wanting to get into baseball ops. I was wanting to, you know, pursue, um, you know, paving that path as a female in a front office. And after working with the Reds, you know, I learned a lot. I had a good experience, but I realized that that was not the route for me. You know, it, It opened my eyes to truly the business of baseball. And I don't think anyone really understands what goes on behind the scenes until you're truly in it. Um, And so once I saw kind of, you know, the way teams treat players and the way, you know, business is done and contracts are negotiated and kind of the scheming behind the scenes stuff, you know, I was like, okay, this is not something I want to be a part of. I don't want my hands on this from a team side. I that I was, that was, you know, the older sister in me with like my brother, it was, you know, I don't really know why, but I was always, you know, had that feeling inside of me, like, okay, I want to be on their side. I don't want to be against them. And so that's when I realized, okay, you know, this, the team side's not for me. <laughs> um, and while I was finishing school, working with the Reds, I then started started my own agency at the same time. So July of 2021 started Toll Sports Management when all of the NIL laws passed where then college athletes could start getting paid. And that kind of presented itself um, to me. I had players reach out to me as soon as those laws passed. They're like, hey, we know you kind of work in this industry. We know this is what you're passionate about. We know you're good at it. You know, what are your thoughts of representing us? And so at that time, you know, it was the perfect opportunity for me to kind of hit the ground running on the, the player, um, agency side. And so started my own agency, um, started representing players within the first, you know, few months of being started. Um, so the whole, you know, 2021, 2022 season for college, I represented six players, Um, I had five baseball players at the University of Arkansas and then one Ole Miss track and field. And um, so represented then the college side, um, did all the NIL stuff with name, image and likeness, um, helping them get marketing deals, branding deals, get paid on a different side than what most college athletes had ever been able to do um, in the past. And so once then, I started with that. That is when I, you know, knew I wasn't going to work on the team side anymore. So through that winter, um, is when Rachel Luba and I first met in person, you know, I'd always, we had always been in touch, connected with each other a while back, but that was the first time that I could see it ever coming, you know, about, um, in, um, in a way that wasn't just, you know, us networking, like, okay, this could potentially end up as a job. And so, Um, worked for myself for then the next few months Um, and then in July of this year I started with Luba Sports full-time and so she brought me on um, as I'm an MLBPA player agent with her and the director of marketing and recruiting so again had my hands on a lot of things but um, always knew the baseball side was where I, one I was good at and two where I was passionate about and so once kind of all these doors opened up very organically you know nothing was forced nothing was you know I never doubted where I was supposed to be it all kind of happened in the way that you know it was like okay this is this is what I'm meant to do and so that's kind of how I started um, where I'm at now and why I chose to pursue baseball specifically
1: And you mentioned before in the the last question, how like part of part of this job is you don't have a hands-on boss. I think there kind of is an argument you do, it's your clients, the players you work for and the demands they set. So is there, in terms of now, you mentioned some of the college players you work for now with Luba, I I assume that led to more connections, especially with MLBPA. So, you know, is there any kind of demand, you know, in terms of how like criteria your, your clients set and how you have to navigate that in terms of how, in terms of conflicts of interest or just various like managing those different profiles I assume in the level of hands-on for just one client versus you know six seven eight whatever it definitely is a lot to manage so how would you navigate that it was like conflicting demands and this especially now during the off season where you have seven different guys looking for seven different things how how do you go about you know determining and managing that
2: yeah absolutely I mean you're completely right um we work for them you know and so I think what has helped me and what I've seen um, is really successful in agents is honestly your agent's personality. And, you know, are they a people person? Are they easy to talk to? Are they, you know, do they have that, you know, hold each other accountable type of relationship with their athletes. And that's something that, you know, with the type of agency that toll sports management is and Luma sports, both being, you know, we don't have a ton of employees. It's just kind of us. We, um, work basically on every area on our own. You know, we don't have anyone that we can delegate this task to, or this task, you know, it's just us. And, um, I think that when you are, you know, choosing those players that you're going to bring on and recruiting and scouting, you know, you have to think of it in that way. Um, you have to understand, okay, is this the type of player that is going to, Work me to death. Um, Is this the type of player that's going to be super needy and kind of like your quote unquote diva player (laughs) that you know is demanding all this you know equipment and time and this marketing deal and this appearance and can you get me this and is constantly you know asking or are are you going to have a player that's just like you know I'm just cool with pair of cleats and we'll just we'll just play ball you know and so um, I think that's kind of where we are at a point where we have to be picky for multiple reasons. One, our own, you know, mental sanity. Um, and then two for the player itself, you know, you don't want to oversell yourself. You have to be realistic with where you're at and that you're one, that you're one person. And, um, you know, I actually had a very tough kind of college off season, if you would. Um, I had some players, I had a player get drafted. I had a player transfer. I had a player graduate. I had a player stop playing. And so it was like, okay, it was a lot that, you know, happened at once. And I had to be kind of brutally honest with the ones that were still playing. And I was like, look, you know, I'm starting also with Lupus sports, you know, I'm about to have, have higher clients that are demanding more for me. I mean, obviously me working for Trevor Bauer is that's one of your top you know clients that is going to need my attention more than you know someone who may be a freshman in college. And so I had to you know have those tough conversations with a few people and were like, look, like it's nothing against you as a person. It's nothing against you as an athlete, but um, you know, I just can't offer the services right now that you would want and or need. And so I think what comes down to it is being honest with yourself of what you can handle and be also being honest with the player.
0: I like it. And then obviously you mentioned that you're more on the marketing side as well of players and making sure the players are out there, well-known, sort of getting everyone to see who they actually are. And obviously it's probably a massive difference in having to market a college level pitcher versus having to market a big star like Trevor Bauer. So how do you handle the sort of balance of making sure you're both marketing the college level younger pitchers or hitters, as well as the big stars? I know Bauer and probably a couple other guys that are represented by Luba Sports.
2: Yeah. So it's truly about knowing the player. I mean, you have to build that personal relationship first before you can ever market them in the way that they deserve. And so I think, you know, really seeing, okay, this college athlete, you know, this is the sport they're in. This is where they're from. This is how old they are. And knowing who they are as a person and what their morals and values are and how that aligns to certain brands. And then the same approach on the professional side, but you have to kind of look at it more as like, okay, your college guys are going to be more of your local branding and marketing deals. Um, At least for me, that's where I found a lot of success in was on the college level, um, you know, market those guys to your mom and pop shops, your small businesses, your... Because those are the people that are going to want to invest in those players because they are, you know, your hands-on, they're in the town or city that the school is in. Whereas then the professional side, you know, you're marketing those guys more on talent. I mean, you you do market them more on, on, you know, who they are, because you can obviously throw around a big league guy's name, and you're going to have people bite at, the, at your pitch. But you're marketing more on who they are as a player on the professional side, whereas college is who they are just as a person, um, which is, what the whole NIL thing even means is that they didn't want players to be paid because of their stats. They want them paid for their name, image, and likeness. And so I think that's kind of the, the differentiation between the two is that, you know, you're marketing one more as a person and the other one more as a player and as a person as well. So just kind of navigating who they are and making sure that those brands um, and companies align with their morals and values, because that's the only way you're gonna have a very successful partnership sponsorship whatever may come of it is if you know both brands visions align
1: and I know you touched upon it a little bit earlier but what would you say that the toughest part of your job is
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> the toughest um honestly it's it's being a female in a male dominated industry. And I know that's probably a cliche answer, but you know, I, I've experienced a lot in my short, you know, year and a half, um, working as an agent, um, even going through school, I, we would have seminars with agents or, you know, panels and, I had a male agent look me dead in the eyes one time and straight up told me, he was like, you won't be able to be an agent, be a wife, be a mom. Like that, that's just not going to happen. You're not going to have the time. You're not going to be able to. And so literally in that moment, I was sitting in class and it, it made me so mad. And I was like, no, like you, you don't get to tell me that I can't do all three of those things because you know, as much as my career and my goals and what I want to do as a professional is my number one priority right now. And um obviously where my main focus is, but me as a female, obviously my next goal in life is to be a mom and have children and be a wife someday. And so I was like, you don't get to tell me that I can't do both. And so that was kind of the spark that really fired me up where I was like, okay, no, I'm about to prove all of you wrong. And so with that comes all of the doubts and all of the, what you could say are haters. And, you know, I've dealt with people, other agents calling me Mr. Mr. Toll, just to like, kind of get a jab at you. I've had, you know, players and agents act like that. I don't know my job or I can't do my job because I never played baseball. Um, And that's something that, you know, I've, I've learned that it's like, okay, I, I have to differentiate myself in a way that, is way more unique and maybe a way harder route but i have to find something that sets me apart and i experienced all of that firsthand um, this past summer i had a player who had reached out to me in the off season around january and was like look i'm looking for an agent this is all what i want you know we aligned perfectly he signed with me um i represented him helped with equipment did all of this stuff up until the point that he really started doing good and so obviously when they're all in the news and the media and their stats are improving and they're doing well, well, here come all these other agents who didn't know who he was, you know, a few months ago. And so that was a battle. And ultimately, you know, I had an agent come in and poach him from me, basically, is what we call it. And um, you know, he was able to offer that he, you know, all these big leaguers that he's represented and that he has all this extra, you know, money and helps to give this athlete. And I was, you know, started off, I'm new in this industry. I'm not, you know, those top agencies, when you think of, you know, your Boris's, CAA, Wasserman, like all of those. And at that point, it out of respect or is he going to choose all the glitz and the glam and I couldn't make that decision for him and he chose the glitz and the glam and what the other guy had to offer and after that uh, it was almost right at a month um he made it on a 40-man roster and had his debut and I was crushed I mean I was I was mad I was upset I was literally a month away from you know making Making history, being the youngest female agent with a guy on a 40 man roster. I was, you know, I have to have a guy on a 40 man roster to secure my MLBPA certification. And like all of these things that, like, I felt like the world was just like crushing down on me. I was mad. I was upset. I was questioning my career. I was like, okay, am I cut out for this? Can I do it? And um, luckily, I have um, really good people in my life and at the time who were like, gave me the time to, you know, kind of have a little self-pity and be mad, cry, yell, but then also turned it around to motivate me. They were like, okay, he wasn't your, he wasn't your player. He wasn't your person at the time and use this to motivate you, to fire you up, to prove everyone wrong and be able to come out of this even better than what I, you know, had thought in the moment, what it could be. And so, you know, it's kind of, all of that into one. It's the constant kind of pressure and um, you know, comparing yourself to others. It can be hard not to do that. And you feel like you have to prove yourself 10 times more than what any other male agent has to. Um, but luckily for me, I'm I'm very motivated. I I use that as motivation. I'm competitive, I hate to lose. And being an agent is competition. I mean, you're competing against. All the other agents. And so that's kind of how I use the hard and turn it into a positive to then motivate them to do better.
0: And then, probably one of those people that was in your corner that's really similar to you, who had to start her own female led baseball sort of agency is Rachel Luba. I assume now that you're working with her, obviously you know her well at this point, but sort yeah. of what is that like for both of you now together, who both started your own individual agencies? sort of against the boys club of baseball that everyone sort of knows and acknowledges, but you guys are sort of setting the record straight, proving that you guys can do this. You can break into the industry and sort of leading as role models for the next generation. But so what is that like for both of you two together, sort of showing people that it can be done?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously like she's older than me. And so she had always been my kind of mold and role model of what I looked up to and what I wanted to accomplish. And sometimes I sit back and I actually take a minute and I'm like, wow, like I'm working with her day to day. I'm working with, you know, people that she knows and who I know. And it's like, okay, I, I've I've made it in a sense of where I want to be. Obviously there's still work to be done, but you know, we both can take a look back and show that we've proven ourselves in more ways than one. And um, now that we are able to work together on a day to day basis, you know, we've realized we joke that we're the exact same person when it comes to, you know, work in the professional world, you know, we have the same mindset, we have the same kind of grit and grind and attitude that you have to have in this industry. And um, we think a lot alike, and we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and work together. And it, it has flowed so perfect, you know, you, we haven't butt heads, we haven't you know, had to see it as competition. And that's why we chose to work together. It was like, okay, look, you know, here I am started my own agency, young female. Here she is, started her own agency, young female. And we were were like, there is no reason that we should be competing against each other. We should be working together. And so that's kind of how it all came about and why we started um, what we have. And there's obviously still a lot of work to be done. We still have major goals that we are heading towards and wanting to even break you know history and records and all of that and she has and will continue and you know I have and will will continue and so i think having someone directly in your corner who you work with who is like minded as you is in the same position as you um only great things can come from that
0: Awesome. And then I know one question that we do have that's kind of was on our mind because we know players can be exotic, players can be fun at times, but sort of has there ever been in the years that you've been an agent one sort of funny slash odd request that a player has said, hey, I want to get this done. Hey, I want this sneaker deal. Hey, I want something like this, because obviously we've had a couple of minor leaguers on and they've pulled us some odd things that they've wanted slash now that they're minor league players that they've strived for, but there's anything on the agency side that you've seen from a player so far?
2: Um not really odd, you know, requests. I think people know that that I will be brutally honest. And if you come to me with something dumb then I'm probably gonna tell you. Um no, but there's you know no request is to too big, too out there, you know, if it's something that a player wants and is passionate about, you know, I will do everything I can to make it happen. So when it comes to like marketing or any deals like that, I've never had anything super, you know, out there necessarily. Um, Now, when I worked for the Reds, I did have some of the Latin players ask me for random stuff like, and it was just the most out there thing. And I was just like, no, like we we're not doing this. <laughs> like, um, so, but again, you have to look at that as like age, you know, where they're from versus what where we grew up, you know, that is something that I'm very thankful for working with the Reds was you know, I was able to be around players um who came from a different background and had a very hands-on experience with the Latin guys and um that opened my eyes to a lot that I hadn't necessarily seen in baseball. So trying to think if there's anything like super crazy, but not, not really. I mean, with um, Trevor and some of the things that we do with him, we've had like some bagels that we had come into our facility and promoted this New York bagel company and, pictures from that and um with eric sim king of juco and all that were quite funny but the bagels were a hit everyone loved them and so everyone was like thanks mackenzie but um other than that it's normally your your pretty normal standard equipment or you know clothing deals um what
0: yeah awesome and i do have to ask as a mets fan i don't think you were part of luba sports yet when trevor was deciding between the dodgers and the mets but do you know if it possible, how close he was to becoming a Met. Cause I remember that 24 hour period, I was like, he's going to be a Met. Harry and Jack <laughs> were saying nobody big ever signs with the Mets. And obviously he ended up going to LA with the Dodgers. Have you gotten any insights of what that crazy 24 hours was like?
2: No, um, I, yeah, I didn't work for Luba sports at the time. And obviously at that point I was hearing, you know, everything that you guys were hearing when it came to social media, um, you know, Press and even like some of the maybe podcasts or things that Rachel did. Um, that was basically all I heard as well. I try not to bring any of that up anymore, and you know we're just kind of looking forward to the future and going from there. So I wish I had some little insider information for you, but I don't.
0: Awesome. Well, I guess we have a couple as our podcast named Side Retired. We're gonna ask a couple. Three out questions and then the side will be retired if that sounds good with you. Or a nice little pun at the end of episodes, Absolutely. if that sounds good with yeah. you. All right. So the first one that we had is who was your favorite player and team growing up? Obviously, now as an agent, you're not supposed to have a team rooting interest, but obviously you got into baseball somehow, which means you did like a team probably at some point.
2: Yes. Um, favorite team growing up was the Texas Rangers. I'm originally from Texas, so... I grew up, you know, having tickets. We went to games every season. Um, sat right behind the dugout. You know, I was there in the Josh Hamilton, Ian Kinsler, you know, Nelson Cruz era. Um, and so I grew up around, you know, those types of players. Um, so favorite player, then, you know, if you look more long term and baseball as a whole, um, I would say Nolan Ryan again, from the Texas standpoint, from the Rangers standpoint, um, and just my love for pitchers um especially with like my brother and kind of my eye for pitching um Nolan Ryan would be my you know overall favorite player as well as then the Texas Rangers as a team but you're exactly right I do not root for any specific (laughs) teams anymore I just cheer for my players so
0: awesome and then the second one we had was that I know a lot of baseball people say that there are highs and there are lows working in baseball and that seems like a very common theme so for you, and maybe it's not a particular day or particular moment, but sort of your favorite slash high as a baseball agent or also your baseball low and sort of that, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore day.
2: Yeah, um, favorite high, I think so far has just been looking back and realizing where I'm at in such a short amount of time and how young I am. Um, And that continues to be kind of my high day in and day out. Obviously, as I start negotiating bigger contracts, bigger deals, higher name players, um, I'm sure my high will change at that point. But for now, that's kind of what it is. It's kind of being grateful for where I'm at right now. Um, Low is definitely the pressure and comparison and um, all of that that comes with having to prove myself, you know, more and more as a female in this male-dominated industry.
0: And then the third and final question we had was that, obviously you said that Rachel Lube was someone you looked up to. Now there are probably people looking up to you as well. So if you had to leave everyone with one piece of advice for sort of younger, maybe high school, eighth grade, college level that are going to try to break into the industry? What would be your one sort of last piece of advice that you'd say, follow this and hopefully things will work out for you?
2: Yeah. Biggest piece of advice would be just, just do it. Um, I have always, you know, had crazy dreams. I've had people tell me I can't do it. People probably think I'm insane at times when I tell them, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm wanting to do, my goals, the hours I'm working, you know, how I may drive myself into the ground with work. and um, But, you know, insane people are who accomplish huge goals. And that's something that I've always kind of kept in the back of my mind. That's something that I've always you know, looked up to other people, whether it's in this industry or just business people in general, who, you know, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, the 5am club, people who wake up in the 5am hour, you know, do crazy things and accomplish crazy things. And, so, you know, just there's no dream too too large, there's no goal too large or unreachable and that's something that I've continued to prove to myself and I want then others whether it is other girls, females or even boys, you know, going through this industry is that whatever you have in your mind, there is someone, something, you know, somewhere that can help you that can has done it that know, can pave that way for you and then you can do the same. And so, you know, I joke that there's jobs that haven't even been created yet that I'm like, if you want to do that, go for it. And there should be no one and nothing that stands in your way. And just having that mindset, then you will be successful.
0: Awesome. Well Harry, Jack, unless there's anything else you guys want to throw and this was an absolute blast getting this insider perspective all of the time, the insight, the fun, and the laughs. Unless there's anything else you two want to throw in you know, nodding heads. This is the fun at the end where we just, (laughs) we're on Zoom, we get nodding heads. And I assume that means we are all good to go. Unless there's anything else you want to throw in, I think we're all good to go.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you all. Um, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And glad I can give you some insider information.
0: Thank you so much. So until the next time, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, although technically it's Friday when you're listening to this. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And until the next time, the side is retired.